2: Too. you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit hello slash therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's hello slash therapy 30 you're listening to the go birds pod a radio.com
1: podcast about your beloved birds
2: Welcome on into the 60th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast, aka the Chuck Bidneric episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. That means that this podcast is going to be hard hitting, uh, a lot of just straight facts. Uh, very hard analysis, maybe some all 22 breakdowns, just like Chuck Bidnarek would have liked it. Uh, a lot to get to on today's show. We're going to have two interviews. So, um, well, first we got to decide some, some important things. We got to decide. Um, uh, if I'm keeping the big balls dug meter uh, away, if I'm keeping the, the Carson Wentz chub meter away uh, in hiding, uh, the, the Eagles are two and zero when I when I don't bring them out. Also two and zero when I don't uh, roast the opposing team. It, it seems like the football gods, the football gods have not been kind to me when I when I roast the opposing teams uh, as a part of Counterpoint. Um, so I, I I think I'm gonna keep that that away. But two interviews. So. The first one is going to be with Real Prince Blue. If you're on Eagles Twitter, he is a he is a, a, a big time Eagles Twitter guy. Um, and last year during the Eagles run, I you know you guys all remember Counterpoint. You all remember the episode where Carson went down, and I basically had no faith in in Nick Foles turning it around and and turning into a Super Bowl champion. I'm so, I'm sorry for that. I mean if the, the trust tree is the trust tree for a reason. I didn't think Foles could get it done, and uh, and and Prince got really angry at me, held it against me for a long time, and then about... Two months ago, he randomly tweeted me out of nowhere and said he was dying at the Carson Wentz Chub Meter and um, and the the Big Balls Doug Scale. So we're gonna bring him on talk about our history uh, for a quick little interview. We'll, we'll also talk some Eagles Cowboys and he's a cop in Charlotte. We'll talk about how uh, he 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 goes after Cowboys fans in in the streets. I'm just kidding. He doesn't do that. But uh, we'll we'll talk to Prince and then also. Later on the show, we have Tyler Bean, who won the uh, Survivor Pool that I put together for CounterPoint. So he is a, is, a, is a Rabbit Trust Tree member from St. Louis, and he will uh, join the show for a good, a good interview, talk about why he became a diseased Eagles fan, his whole story, and he will also answer your questions on the CounterPoint mailbag. But first... We gotta to get to Jack's rundown um, because we got some we got some things we gotta hash out from Jack's rundown. So first off, I am no longer going to roast teams as a part of a, a counterpoint version of an opposing team because the Eagles are two and zero when I don't do that. And as you as you well know, like for as for as open-minded and and adjustment on the fly that most NFL offenses are, so are podcasts. And I don't want to start I don't want to get sucked into a trap of continuing to do the the roasting of other teams because then the Eagles might continue to lose and I don't want to put the season in jeopardy. So, I'm not going to bra- I'm not going to I'm not going to break out the counterpoint against against the Cowboys because last time it didn't work out. And even though I think Jason Garrett is still fucking creepy, um, then I, I just I, I don't want to go too far. I don't want to go too far in, in the roasting of the Cowboys. Now, the other big thing that we have to talk about is whether or not I, I should break out the Big Balls Doug scale and the Carson Wentz chub meter. Because, as we all well know, before that, I had taken that away. I had taken both Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz's privileges of the scale and the meter away because they didn't earn it. Much like Yankees haven't earned their pinstripes and Dukies haven't earned the right to wear Duke colors, I did not believe that either Doug Peterson or Carson Wentz either deserved the honor of the big balls, Doug scale or the Carson Wentz chub meter. So I have put them in a closet. I have put them away. I don't want to break them out. And since doing that, Since doing that, it feels like both are starting to kind of hit their stride. I know Carson had a couple worm burners in that Redskins game, but I just feel like he dominated. I feel like Carson was dominant. In that Redskins game. I know he missed some throws, but he's, he's starting to to, to uh, show shades of, of the old guy. So, um, I'm going to keep them away for right now because, listen, they're 2-0. And They're 2-0 since I put them away. This is the biggest game of the season. And for as much as the Eagles are starting to get on a roll a little bit, the Eagles, like, it feels like they're starting to break out of whatever fucking mo- uh, uh, funk they were in for a little bit there. For as much as the Eagles are starting to break out of their own little mold, it feels like Fritz is breaking out a little bit. Like no one's really talking about it, but the Counterpoint Podcast is starting to get on a little bit of a roll, There's a little bit of momentum. You know, uh, maybe I had to find my run game. Maybe, maybe people should have started yelling at me saying "Run the ball, Jack!" And then maybe the Counterpoint Podcast would have gotten off the ground this year. Because it's just a, it's been a slow funk. It's been a, it's been an absolute funk. And and for, for, it seems like the Eagles. For as the Eagles go, so does the Counterpoint podcast. It's a lot like the the 2008 playoffs for the Phillies. As as Jimmy Rollins went, the rest of the team went. As the Counterpoint podcast goes, so does the rest of the Eagles. So um, both both parties are breaking out at the same time. And and yes, I will address Doug for one second because he broke out new glasses. And I got to be honest. It was a little weird. I didn't I didn't like the the no frames around the glasses look for Doug. Like my version of Doug Peterson is a guy with the thick frames like the black frame glasses. Like that's that's my Doug Peterson. I don't want the 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 trying to look hip Doug Peterson. Just that's not that's not my version of Doug. I'm sorry. So, we're going to keep we're going to keep the meters away. We're going to keep the meter and the scale away for now. I don't want to jeopardize the season. Doug and Carson, we we all talked about it. They listened to the podcast. They understand. Um, I, I consulted with them. They were cool with it. So we're going to keep the, the big balls Doug meter away and the or big balls Doug scale away and the Carson Wentz chub meter away. So that's where it all stands for now. Now, another very pertinent thing that we, we have to hit on is I have seen so much slander of Camus Grugier-Hill after what he said yesterday in the locker room, saying how, oh, well, listen, they always choke. We're going to go down there and we're going to make them choke. Like, I just feel like people in this town for too long have not listened to the Counterpoint podcast. If you listen to the Counterpoint podcast, you would have fucking remembered that last year, we all learned to stop doubting Kamu Grosje-Hill. Famously, after week one last year, I reprimanded Camus for pouring Gatorade on Doug Peterson. He poured Gatorade on Doug Peterson after a week one victory against the Redskins, which was completely uncalled for and it, it damn near jeopardized the entire season. It was embarrassing and I was angry about it. But Camus, he he proved me wrong the entire season. The entire season he was basically it was basically Camus Groget Hill, his 2017- 2018 was one big middle finger to me. And good for him. He, I, I deserve the middle finger because I, I ripped into him. And what we what we all discussed and what we've all come to the consensus of is that Camus Grugier-Hill is a wizard. And if Camus Grugier-Hill says we're going to make them choke, I'm not going to d- doubt Camus Grugier-Hill. Okay? Okay? I, I, I don't I, – I, I've long stopped doubting the wisdom of Camus. So everyone's freaking out, like, oh, you know, he's gonna give them bolts and you. Listen, if the Cowboys aren't ready to play in a in a divisional round game against the Eagles, in which the Eagles could tie first place, like, <laughs> what's the point in playing football? Just just shut the fuck up. Like, no one cares. Camus's fine, and honestly, honestly, it shows me two things. It shows me two things. One, he's confident in his boys. And I think his boys are gonna go down there and, and back him up. And two, it proves to me that the Eagles are getting confident at the right time. Like he has so much faith in those guys. That it is it is only, it is only he he's been watching practice. He's a captain, he's been watching practice. And he knows, he knows that this team is about to go on and run. So he's confident in his boys. And honestly, if he's confident, that means the rest of the locker room is confident. And I will take that. If if it means that he's gotta rile up Dallas, I don't care. And the funniest thing about this whole entire saga is that, you know, Dak Prescott is, is such a little, he is such a baby. Like ever since, ever since I saw that, saw the video of him getting the, the shit kicked out of him in spring or spring break or whatever that was, I have just thought like, this guy's just a weasel. And listen to what he said today about, about Camus comments. First, he said, who? Like, classic dak like dak is so uncool like if you had to i bet hanging out with dak's like a miserable experience it doesn't like, he looks seems like a guy that would be a horrible hang like if you could quarterbacks generally are probably pretty bad hangs like there's probably a couple good hangs but i would say for the most part they're boring ass hangs and dak prescott just strikes me as this boring ass fucking guy and Like, him coming out with the who is such fake tough. Everything he does is just such fake tough. Like, he'll, now he's starting to scramble for first downs, and him scrambling for first downs, and then getting up and being like, it's just like, ew. Everything he does just makes me cringe. He's just such a cringe-worthy quarterback. Imagine having to look at like you know the, the fucked up teeth. Like he, he's just he's just a cringe-worthy quarterback to look like, and he's a total he's a total loser. Like Dak Prescott is such a loser, and for him to break out the who line is such fake tough. I'm I'm Dak Presk. It's all fake 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 fake. So he drops the the who for Camus Gurjeh Hill like you wouldn't remember the guy that was kicking uh, kickoffs last year as they kicked your ass in Dallas like j- just just kindly shut up for a second uh, Dak and then he comes out with this corny ass Jason Garrett quote uh, you know Coach Garrett has a great saying and I don't know where he got it from but winners worry about winning and losers worry about and losers worry about winners. <laughs> Prescott said, "We're focused on ourselves in this locker room." about what we need to do to get better in each and every phase of this game and to be ready for this week. We're not worried about he say, she say. So, Dak in his lovely way is is first off, he's using uh, a Jason Garrett quote, which I'm sure was just electric. I'm sure I'm sure a Jason Garrett speech was really just what what got the boys going. I'm sure Jason Garrett before the Saints game gave a riveting speech about heart and hustle and and wherewithal. Like the, Jason Garrett's postgame Jason Garrett's postgame uh, Locker room speeches Where it first off doesn't blink So he's even more terrifying Like Jason Garrett needs to blink For as much as his clapping is annoying When he doesn't blink it, it, Like there's kids watching at home That can't sleep at night So now he's giving the, 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 the stupid fucking speeches And it's just all bullshit Like again What does Jason Garrett do? Like, what? I don't, I don't, I still, to this day, I don't even think, I don't even think Jerry, Jerry Jones knows what Jason Garrett does. Jason Garrett literally has no responsibility except for challenges and timeouts. Like, congratulations. You're, you are, you are an amazing coach. Just keep, keep turning around that culture down there in, in Dallas. Like, just fuck off with this stupid ass, like, I, I swear to God, they're the corniest team in America between, between Dak Prescott. And, and, and Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones. Like, it's all this circus. And for for everyone to, to, you know, I don't want to get into it just yet. No, I'm going to get into it now. I'm going to get into this now. Where has this, where has this fear of the Dallas Cowboys come from? Like, four weeks ago, they were coming in here as the laughing stock of the NFL. If they lost that game to the Eagles, Jason Garrett's ass would be, On the street, okay? Jason Garrett would have got fired. They would have been questioning all of Dak Prescott. They would not have considered re signing him. All this shit, it was all crumbling. It was all falling apart. And unfortunately, the Eagles had to give them any kind of bulletin board material um, a couple weeks ago, and it got them fired up. And the Eagles may have (laughs) inadvertently. Gotten the Cowboys in a roll. But for, for Christ's sake, can we calm down with this Cowboys fear? They beat the Saints 13-10. I get it. I get it. But when are we going to learn the NFL is a week-to-week league? Like, it's, a, it's a week-to-week league. They beat the Saints. The Saints are probably going to go out and – the Saints lost week one to the Bucks, who stink. The Saints are the best team in the NFL. They lost a road game in Dallas on a short week. Like, it, it, I'm sorry. I think like, – I think Leighton Van Der Esch is good, even though he's a, a failed Flyers goalie prospect. I think Jalen Smith's good. I think, I think DeMarcus Lawrence. But like, enough with this. Cowboys are just so t- they were they were a dog shit team four weeks ago. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, I just don't know how the Eagles are going to beat them. Listen, we have the better coach, the better quarterback. Our offensive line is just starting to play well now. They're just figuring out how to run the ball. The defense, yes, the cornerback situation is horrible. But it feels like they're starting. Like when I watch the Eagles right now, when I watch the Eagles right now, it feels like I'm watching a team that's starting to find an identity, identity, and they're starting to find their rhythm. They're starting to get this thing going. When, when, when Malcolm Jenkins went to Jim Schwartz two weeks ago and and, and in the Giants game and said, "Hey, we got to do this." That was a big moment for me because because that means that they're starting to figure out uh, uh, where guys need to be and they're starting to find their footing. They're coming out of this malaise that they've been in this entire season and. For people to think that they can't go down to Dallas and beat this Cowboys team, like, what are we talking about? I, like, I, I have no idea what they're talking about. Th- we are three weeks removed, or f- we're three weeks When did they lose to the fucking Titans? Five weeks ago. Five weeks ago. This team was the laughing stock of the NFL. Now they're the big bad fucking Cowboys in their back. Get out of here. I, I am done. I am done with this Cowboys stuff. It is fucking bullshit. And I'll tell you what, the Cowboys stuff's ridiculous. The cowboy stuff is ridiculous because why why are people not confident in this Eagles team right now? Do people not understand that that they're starting to to find to find their identity? I've said this a couple times on this podcast, but listen, I'm not a big run the ball duck guy. But as you can see, it is really just it it is kind of simplified everything. They don't run the ball. Josh Adams looks like he has a pulse. I think Josh Adams is like really slow, but listen, he's got some vision. He's got some vision back there, so you know. I just, I just think the Eagles are starting to play well. They're starting to get confident. They're starting to come out of this malaise that has been over them for for the first nine games of the season. Listen, they look bad for the first nine games. It feels like they're starting to come out of it. I don't get where this Dallas fear is that they can't go into. They just went in. I don't want to bring it back. Well, they just went in there last year and beat them. Whatever they. they destroyed Dallas last year in Dallas I'm just so sick and tired of this of this woe is me like how are we gonna beat the Cowboys they're so good Dak Prescott Amari Cooper is his game uh, Zeke Elliott oh my god can we just stop for a second and just look at this team they still have Jason Garrett they still have Dak Prescott like uh, just stop just stop speaking of which Jason Garrett who are you more afraid of what who is funnier to look at Jason Garrett or Jay Gruden, because Jay Gruden looks like he always just smelled a fart, like a big old nasty fart. And Jason Garrett, again, we talked about a couple. Of, I don't want to roast him because if I roast him, then the Eagles are gonna lose. But he looks like he should be in horror films. He needs to change up his his whole look. I don't know. I, I had to get that off my chest. Like I understand the Cowboys. It looks like they're starting to feel confident and uh, they're starting to play better. They're trying to look like a good team, but they scored 13 points against the Saints. I know the score, Eagles scored seven, but the Eagles' offense looks way different. And uh, it, it's I don't like, I just don't get where this Cowboys fear is fear is coming from. I had to get it off my chest. Um, let's get to the interviews. Well, I can't believe this day is finally here. Uh, I'm here with Prince Blue. You can follow him on Twitter at Real Prince Blue. Prince, uh, first off, explain to the audience why uh, why you used to hate me, and now I don't think you hate me as much.
1: Well, listen, first of all, <laughs> thank you for having me, Jack. Of and course, man. Number one, I never hated you. Okay. This is the thing. I'm very sensitive about my Eagles. So, I don't remember, but I think at, around that time, uh, it seemed like everybody was just taking a little pot shot, so... I was finding a worse in everybody's tweet and I saw your tweet. I don't even remember the tweet and I just got sensitive about it and we had a little back and forth.
2: Yeah, it was uh it was an interesting time, but you know now that beef is squashed. I love I first off I brought on I brought on ESP who we used to have a beef and now I'm bringing on Prince Blue. Uh it, you know it's it, this is why the Trust Tree is here. Uh, are you are you finding the Trust Tree to be a, a fun place to be in?
1: Well, first of all, the podcast is great. Um, Thank you Your takes are great I may not agree with all of them But um, I I like that you know You have good takes And you don't do takes Just for You know Just for saying them So you know Eventually I just warmed up And I was like Hey This Jack is not a bad guy
2: I appreciate it Now uh, Prince What do you think of uh, Our friend Jim Schwartz
1: Uh, I think Jim Johnson Is rolling over in his grave Probably I think he has um, underutilized the talent we have here. Um, I think he's very arrogant. I think he's very arrogant and he's he's fake tough because his defense is anything but that. I mean, anybody that plays 20 yards off, soft zone, you can't walk around like nobody can ask you any question. So I'll be happy when Jim Schwartz is out of here.
2: Now now take me inside the, the blue household. When you when you see Jim Schwartz, you know, it's it's third and fifteen and he starts with the sticks defense, what is what is going through your head?
1: First of all, I've punched so many things in my Eagles man cave. Number one, whenever there's a third and long, I automatically say they're gonna play sticks. Uh the other team's gonna catch the ball. We're going to get a couple missed tackles, and they're either going to get close to the first, or one of our tackles is going to throw them over the first. So I'm automatically thinking it's going to be converted.
2: What is uh, what is your Eagles man cave like? Like, what's a what's what's a game day like in the uh, blue household?
1: Well, everybody wakes up, have breakfast, wife goes to church. Um, everybody puts on their jersey. They wear their jerseys all day. Beautiful. All day. And then when the game comes on, we all start off in the same room together. And then eventually, you know, the wife and the kids, they go off to different, different places. But it's a madhouse on game days.
2: So do you like watching games alone? Like you don't watch? You don't uh, watch with other people?
1: Um, I like watching games alone because I curse and I get super animated, excited, yelling. And I don't want people to look at me like, yo, this guy's a little off, you know, so... <laughs> so um they go I mean I like watching it by myself and I mean I like it I like watching it with my wife sometimes but she really can't get into it yeah because I'm too intense so I steal both of our intensities so she just goes off
2: isn't that part of being like a diseased fan though where it's like you don't really want to be around people because people think that you're like crazy you're the crazy one when it's really oh, just absolutely. the eagles
1: oh absolutely the only time I'm not crazy we have a, a bar an Eagles bar here called steamers pub And only other Eagles fans understand Eagles fans. So when we're cursing and acting crazy, we don't look at each other like, yo, what's wrong with you? But if an outsider is looking at it like, yo, what the hell is wrong with that guy? Like, what are you talking about? Jim Schwartz is a good defensive coordinator. And I'm looking at him like, (laughs) shut up.
2: He gets a stink eye?
1: Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Because according to everybody else, Brett Brown and Jim Schwartz is untouchable. And for why, I do not understand why.
2: Well, I mean, I like Brett Brown more than you. I understand his shortcomings. I feel like, I feel like it's fair to say that he's a good culture guy, but X's and O's wise, he's probably not the guy.
1: That's, that's why I call him a glorified baby. And he's a hell of a salesman. He's charismatic because if you ask him, I remember they asked him, what do you think about the Jimmy Butler trade? And the first thing that came out of his mouth He's the spirit of Philadelphia. He represents the blue collar. And that's the stuff that we still pay attention to and get excited about. And I think we need to stop that. Ever since the Super Bowl, it needs to be results. We don't need to worry about the peripheral stuff about people catering to us being blue collar and passionate. We need to win. Yeah. So stuff like that needs to just I, I I just cringe at stuff like that now.
2: Yeah, tonight's a tonight's a huge test too because they got the Raptors and if they if they beat the Raptors, it feels like this team's ceiling is way higher than it used to be. Uh, and so I my, think they beat the Raptors tonight. Oh, I hope so, man. It would be such a huge it would be such a huge culture win. Um. So now you're you're a cop down in Charlotte, right? Yes. So when you see you know the Cowboys fans with the with a sticker on the back of their car. Are you more inclined <laughs> to pull them over, or are you not allowed to do that?
1: Well, honestly, if I I I'd have pulled over a couple Cowboys fans, but I've noticed the sticker afterwards, and I'll probably say something about it to like break the ice or something like that. But I definitely give them a hard time about it. But I don't think I've given a Cowboys uh, fan a ticket yet, so it's still it's still in the holster.
2: Well, I feel they're not I feel like they're not as annoying as they are around here cuz there's no there's no one really to piss off in Charlotte. Like who are you pissing off? Like well, pa- Panthers fans?
1: You can't really argue with a Cowboys fan cuz you're like, "Okay, name name the offensive line." Well, there's a um, uh there's uh there's a uh, and I'm like, "Exactly. Are you really a fan or you just like the colors?" Like you can't argue with a Cowboys fan. And Panthers fans down here, they're kind of um they're kind of wishy-washy. Like, they'll leave, like, at the second half or something like that or before the second half because they're, like, bankers and all that. So they're not as rabid as we are. So the fandom's kind of different down here. Yeah. And they want to get rid of Cam Newton every week, so.
2: Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the Birds for a second. Do you think they uh, they started to find their identity on, uh, on Sunday and, and last week against the Giants?
1: Yes. I think the running game... Whether it be 80 yards, 90 yards, I think that's where it is because it sets up the play action and it gives Carson a little more room to operate. I do not like taking the ball out of our best players' hands on third third and long like they did when they handed it off to Sproles. I just don't like stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't get the uh, the third and four to sproles. They, they love using sproles in uh, in in all kinds of third and down runs, and it just doesn't make any sense. He's five foot six, coming off a hamstring. Eventually, that's going to catch up to you.
1: And that that and I think a part of that is Deuce as well. If he's in charge of the rotation, he needs to he needs to understand like you're not going to catch too many people off guard on the third and floor. 34 with Darren Sproles. So why not put the big back in there? And they didn't even have Zach Ertz in the game. I know. doing it. I mean, I'm like, come on. So it's like little things like that. But I do think we are finding our identity. But Carson has to clean up those, uh, those end zone things. He's taking points off the board. Yeah. So he has to fix that.
2: Yeah, it felt like they could have scored 35-plus. Oh, on the Redskins, oh, yeah. and then unfortunately oh, yeah. he had the, yeah. It, it feels like he is pressing a lot, but I don't know. It was so weird on Sunday because or on Monday because he it looked like he was dominating the game. Like he from from for the most part he's dominating the game, and then he had the the stupid end zone turnover. He had a couple under throws. Like there was ports. There was portions of the game where I was like, well, there's the old Carson Wentz, and then there's also portions of the game where the worm burners that Donovan used to throw. So it but felt, you know what? Yeah,
1: that that's Carson though because he would do something like that like. I honestly compare him to Aaron Rodgers because his arm talent is that unique and that special. Like, if you notice Aaron Rodgers throws flat footed a lot too. Yeah. Cause he has that faith in his arm. So, but, but Aaron Rodgers has done it for a longer period of time, but Carson, he'll do stuff like that. But then there's that, uh, flick past the, um, the tape towards the sideline. Yeah. How many quarterbacks is making that throw?
2: Maybe three.
1: Exactly. He's crazy. And, and once he's, but it's just he's missing that consistency like he had last year. But of course he's coming off the ACL, and I feel like a lot of people forget that. But again, that's a testament to Carson because he's that special. We believe that he can do anything, and sometimes we forget he's human.
2: Now, now one of the things that you love the tweet is is sounds about white, and I'm just <laughs> I'm just I'm just wondering what you thought of Jeff Lurie's beanbag toss.
1: Sounds about white. Yeah, it sounded white. about white. It looked about white. First of all, he's standing around getting cheered about cornhole. So I looked around. I didn't see one brother. So I was like, yeah, it looks about white. To his dancing. To him hanging out with meat meals, it all just looks about white.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was like that guy's never played cornhole before. Like it was, <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was like, come on, Jeff, could go do something else, or just can someone get in his ear and be like, brother, it's underhand. Like, what are you doing? It was he's it. a man of
1: the people. Listen, oh. listen, he's a man of the people, like you know who at a certain you know what station. So. You know. He's, it's he's, all about pandering to the to the crowd.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go into the trust tree for for one second here because I gotta be honest, it feels like the Cowboys are starting to get a little bit like that confidence level. Like they're they're mm-hmm. playing with that cockiness that that it's when teams start to feel dangerous. Like the Eagles got to that point last year when they were running through bad teams, um, and mm-hmm. then it just carried over. Like are you are you worried about the Cowboys? What do you think happens this week?
1: How old are you, Jack?
2: 24.
1: Okay. I'm 36. Whenever the Cowboys start talking like that, yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Happens. And it starts this week cuz everybody's on them, correct? Yeah, they are. They're they're getting the ESPN packages. The defense is good. It's very good. I'm not going to hate, but whenever everybody's like, "Okay, it's time." They lay a goose egg and I think it starts Sunday. I think Tate coming out and Sproles coming back, that's no coincidence. I think we get in there and we get a win. It's not going. I'm not saying blowout, but I think I think we we win at least by a touchdown.
2: Now, a couple pods ago, I, I had to put away the Carson wentz Chub meter and the Big Balls-Dug scale because, you know, a lot like when Duke starts losing, Coach K takes away all the Duke-related stuff because they haven't earned the, the Duke-related the Duke merchandise. They haven't, they haven't earned the ability to, to to wear that stuff around campus. Do you think I should bring back the, the Carson wentz Chub meter and the Big Balls-Dug scale? Have they earned that?
1: No, and I'm going to tell you why, because of things like third and four. Big balls, Doug would have put that in Carson's hand, and Big Chub went would have slanged it and got that first down. So there's still some. I think after Sunday, after the win, you can bring it out. Okay. Just in time for the Rams.
2: Yeah, because I don't, I don't want to bring it out too early because they're two and zero since I put it away, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mess with that away. juju. Yeah, I think th- I think that's a correct call. I put it on Twitter. Um, last thing here, Prince. Uh, do you still think that I should have my face, I have a face, deserve to be beaten within an inch of my life?
1: <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, nah.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> Prince Blue. No, you're, you're all right with me, Jack.
2: All right. Thanks, brother. Real Prince Blue. We'll follow him on Twitter at Real Prince Uh It's been too long, man. Next time you come up to Philly, we'll have to hang out, all right?
1: I appreciate that, Jack. Great podcast, man. And everybody, check out Jack Fritz, man. It's a very good podcast, good take. You'll enjoy it.
2: All right, thanks a lot, man. I am here with the winner of my... Uh, survivor pool that i put together uh, on nfl well i originally put it on yahoo and that ended up being a a major mistake because it wasn't even a survivor pool it was just like pick games every week it was very dumb by me i'd never run a survivor pool before so i expected the trust tree to give me a little bit bit of a break but we moved over to nfl.com that was great and the winner was tyler bean and on the line is tyler bean congratulations man hey thanks
0: jack you know i I just want to give a shout-out to the Panthers, because Graham Gano kicking that 63-yarder against the Giants saved me. I thought that was done. Figured that was my season right there. And then, them again, because the guy that I was up against, the last one, he picked the them to beat the Lions, and they didn't. So the Panthers were kind of the MVP for my Survivor League.
2: Yeah, well, I uh, picked the Vikings in Week 2. <laughs> <laughs> and when, bills right, and when the bills beat them, uh, I was already out of my own. I was so embarrassed to even announce that I was out of my own uh, survivor poll that I did. I don't think I don't even think I posted it on Twitter. That's how that's how embarrassed I was. But you, first, who did you pick week two? Who did you pick in that Vikings week?
0: Gosh. I should have I should have had all that up here. Um,
2: it's not that big of a deal, see, but I, I just really, want to know. When I
0: went with the, with the Bengals because I figured they wouldn't be any good later on. Which, yeah, <laughs> proven right. But they were against the Colts early, and I figured they would start off slow with luck. But that worked out too. Uh, I think I went with the hmm, maybe whoever the Chargers were playing. I I, I couldn't tell you. I just want
2: to know whatever whatever voodoo magic you guys did to not pick the the freaking Vikings at home
0: against the Bills. I just want to know what kind of what kind of voodoo magic you I guys think, are doing. I think what it, what it was is that I wanted to save the Vikings for later because I assumed huh, big assumption that they would be fine later on and. Pfft. We we see what the Vikings are
2: now. So there was there was no PEDs involved.
0: Um, <laughs> if so I, it was not to my knowledge. Lane Johnson gave me some stuff. I thought yeah. he said it was cool. Um, I don't
2: know. Well, just make sure Lane doesn't take any more of that because if he does, he's out for like two years. And he's You're just now he's just now starting to play dominant football again. So uh, I need Lane yeah, Johnson. The
0: entire offensive line, man. Yeah,
2: they're they're coming around at the right time. Well, it might be a little too too little too late, but whatever. They'll 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 figure we'll it out. Uh, so, you live in St. Louis, um, but you're, you're not from here. So, take us through the story of how you became an Eagles fan, what moment you knew you were a diseased fan, um, all that fun stuff.
0: So, yeah, obviously, you know, living here my whole life, grew up um, 27, so greatest show on turf was when I was younger. Gotcha. You know, I mean, like, really, I mean, really, it was it's baseball town. Like, the Rams were nice when they were there, and they were good, which was a very small window. Um, so really baseball was the main focus, you know, growing up here. And I just remember going to the Rams games and every year it would seem like we were playing the Eagles and either see title game, regular games, like week 17, I remember seeing that midnight green for the first time. And honestly, the color got me, which <laughs> I realized is not exactly the most diseased no. moment. But later on, you know, as I started to pay attention more to football, it's one guy, it's Brian Dawkins. It's not even it's not even close. Just the way that he played I remember watching him crawl out of the of the tunnel and that just that got me. Like Marshall Falk was fun when he was here, but he just didn't have that same like you know, he handed the ball to the rest when he got done with the touchdown. There was no possession with him like there was with Dawkins. Yeah, what a loser. <laughs> yeah. Marshall Falk did a number on the Eagles early. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> it was not good. He did a lot of, he did that to a lot of teams, so that's
2: Yeah, he's one of the greats.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's been a wild ride. I've actually uh, started a bit of a bucket list. In 2010, I went to my first Eagles game. It was preseason, but it was against the Chiefs. It was the Mike Kafka game. For those who might remember, the great Mike Kafka, you know, scoring the last second touchdown to win the game, which was preseason game like three. So super important game, obviously.
2: Well, it's, some say it's the most important game of the preseason. <laughs> so no, it makes it. Right. What was your uh, what was your impressions of the link? Did you like it?
0: Oh, So the first link game I went to, so I've been to 12 different stadiums. I'm trying to hit them all. Gotcha. That's so, you know, I've been to the link twice. First one was in 2011 against the uh, Patriots. It was a Vince Young during the Dream Team era. So, gotcha. Yikes. Just Tom Brady just destroyed
2: us. Yeah, it was a very fun season that year with uh, with <laughs> with Vince Young and uh, see I see that uh, during that time it was I, I mean baseball is my thing like I love baseball um, yep. and so on the same day that the Phillies got Hunter Pence they also got wow. Namdi and yep. I was all I right have at a that Nandy
0: point. jersey. Yep.
2: So I have a Namdi jersey too. I, hey, it's, it's from China and it's <laughs> the wrong it's the wrong green. But we're we're living with it. I have the worst right. luck with jerseys. I mean, I have a Nandi jersey. I have a Dante Stallworth jersey.
0: Dante Stallworth, come on now.
2: Listen, I, I was in a very dark place post To when it was when when To left. He left a big hole in like seventh grade Jack's heart, and uh-huh. I I filled that hole. That sounds weird with Dante Stallworth.
0: Yeah, don't. That's that that line is just. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad phrasing. No, it's funny. Like I think we have the same nomdy jersey. Like this color I have is like a hunter green.
2: Yeah, it's not even close.
0: Oh yeah, but the price though. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but the second Eagles game was much better than the first one at the link because went to the NFC Championship game last year. So
2: no, that'll do it. Obviously,
0: obviously, that's uh the shining moment of Eagles games I've been to.
2: Yeah. So I mean, obviously if you listen to this podcast, you know there's a difference between diehard and disease. When did you know that you had the disease?
0: Let's see. So, it was probably towards the end of the Andy era, you know, like right before Chip and they weren't doing so hot and they, you know, they had like four wins and it's just one of those things where I just kept watching everybody's like, oh, you know, Eagles fans, you know, and they kept giving me a bunch of shit for it, which, you know, <laughs> I just retort back with Ram stuff. I mean, as bad as the Eagles were, they weren't ever Rams bad. They had to move.
2: The they literally had to move from St. Louis.
0: <laughs> it was that bad, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's because Cronky's just a. I don't even want to go into that guy. Ugh. Gotcha. Just anyway, but yeah, so it was just I don't know. It, it's it's just one of those things you just keep going, and I mean I think that year they drafted Lane Johnson, so that was awesome, great pick. You know that was the year Good that job, had all these offensive linemen go by. The, the disease was there. Like, it was just, it was festering. It was a slow start for me. You know, I didn't get the, the geographical bonus that yeah. a lot of you guys had.
2: Yeah, because you when, when you're born here, it's obviously a little different. Like, you're kind of around it all the time. And, like, sure. part of being from Philadelphia, like, main, honestly, one of the main parts from being from Philadelphia is being an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just interesting when I hear about people who aren't. From this area, becoming Eagles fans because you wouldn't you wouldn't associate people just as becoming Eagles fans randomly. Like there's such a a storied franchise of losing that a lot mm-hmm. of people wouldn't want to endure uh, the, right. <laughs> the, again this level of losing. Um, and you know, we have we, the listeners of Go Birds. They're all over the world too. Like there's people in Austria or Australia over in England. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy how how many people like the Eagles. And I always like hearing stories about how you guys formed the disease even though it wasn't something that you were born into and for yeah, you man. for you it was the end of the andy era so yeah. good stuff
0: so oh, it's i feel like it's a little bit like semi fraud and i'm willing to accept that title like i can because the the anguish through the nfc championships in the early thousands that's something that you know i just unfortunately i, w- I wasn't there for that i mean i say unfortunately but in reality that would have just been crushing to like Oh, what like thirteen-year-old, twelve-year-old Tyler, like that would have just
2: yeah. Oof. Well, see, that was eight-year-old me, ah. and I didn't. That was the first time I ever like got angry at that some kind of sporting event, and I was so confused, like I didn't know what my body was going through, but it was just because it was becoming a diseased Eagles fan, right. So that was that was it for me, but uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Andy Reid. Uh, if you're if you lived through the Dream Team and you were mm-hmm. living in St. Louis and you were able to come out the other side and and uh, and still be a fan of the team, I, I, that, that's that's not fraudulent for me. That is that so. is that is into the trust tree. I gotta I honest. had a,
0: I had a vision where this would go. I would tell this story, and you were like, oh, pff, this guy's totally totally not even real, and then it would have just been a ban.
2: Yeah, well, you're you're banned from high hopes because. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk about 2011 Game 5. Um, hey, man, right now. Phillies you know, Cardinals.
0: Don't worry, we're, we're not picking up anybody any, anytime soon. The I, way that RGM does it, you know, they don't make any splash signings. The last one was Matt Holiday, which worked out okay, well, admittedly. It's baseball that's heaven. Big, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll admit, that's, that stuff's a little corny and lame. I'll, I'll give you guys that one. The whole best fans of baseball, that's, that's pretty lame.
2: So, uh, being from St. Louis, you mm-hmm. saw the the beginning of the Sam Bradford era, and mm-hmm. you lived through the Sam Bradford era. When the Eagles got him, were you really really mm-hmm. pissed off, or just like, hey, maybe he'll turn it around in in Philadelphia?
0: There was no doubt in my mind that that was the worst call ever. Like, <laughs> I mean, it ended up being great just from like the retroactive, like Nick Foles dumping, and you know, going to the Chiefs, and then coming back to Peterson. Like all that, like turned out great. But initially at the time, I was thinking. Well, did we not? I thought we were going up for Mariota. That's I thought the trade was happening. Like that's that's what I remember doing. I was working. I was doing like a clinical or something. And I remember like getting getting that over the phone and be like, oh yeah, oh wait, it's not for. Them. And I thought we gave him a. I thought they gave us a second round, and yep. there was there was a lot of confusion.
2: Is there anything? Is there anything you want to say to John Bartford for ever thinking that Sam Bradford was good? Like when he was putting out Goodford, Badford. <laughs>
0: I, I was at that Packers preseason game where he went ten for ten, three touchdowns. I almost was convinced.
2: You're almost convinced, but not totally almost. convinced.
0: Which, by the way, if you ever get a chance to go to Lambeau, yeah. highly recommend.
2: I haven't been to Lambeau. That's that's on my
0: bucket list. It's wild, man. Like they're just so. It's like the anti-Philly in the sense that everyone's incredibly nice to you. And maybe it'd be different. I was wearing a pa- uh, Bears jersey or Vikings or something. Like I imagine it wouldn't be as nice. But they were just. Yeah, they're offering me brats and beers, and it's like going through like a residential area, kind of like Wrigley. And yeah, that's kind of highly recommend.
2: That's kind of how Wrigley was for me because uh, yeah. I went out to I went out to Wrigley for my bachelor party, and it was Philly's nice. It was Phillies Cubs, and uh, I've i I always wanted to go to Wrigley so bad, and they're good people out there.
0: But yeah, they were nice, but now they're kind of
2: ugh. yeah. Well, what what makes Philadelphia Philadelphia is obviously our our attitude towards people. So, you know. I love it. It's, it's what makes us us. Um, so, uh, what is your, what was your favorite counterpoint moment so far? So far.
0: <laughs> uh, last year was after the Seahawks game. That was, that was my favorite one. Okay. Because it's so easy, you know, enjoying a nine, nine game winning streak. It's easy watching Carson dominate teams. And then when you go to Seattle and you play that team and those fans, and, you know, just, uh, I remember, like, whenever I have to switch to whiskey in the middle of a game, that's when the game's going real bad. Like, yeah. I don't even remember half the New Orleans game this year.
2: Well, no, don't blame you.
0: Oh, God. I almost went to that game. I almost drove down for that the day of. Good call. Oh, would have been a long nine-hour drive back. Yeah. It would have been bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just, like, listen, you go on and, like, you know when you're really mad about something and then you start picking out stuff that's super petty and, like, super minimal? Which there's like a lot of Michael Bennett hate at the time, which prior to him coming here. Didn't he know he was gonna be an Eagle. Here. I thought I, yeah. I thought I was in the clear. That's fair, man. Like he was he's a dirty guy. Like not in an a Dominican Subad, but you know.
2: I hated that team. Guy. I hated Fred Clark. I hate their fans. Um, yeah. I hate I hated Michael Bennett. <laughs> I love Bobby Wagner though, I will say That's he's funny.
0: he's one of the best linebackers right now, I think mean, still.
2: What's your you know, uh, depleted team. What is your favorite part of being in the trust tree?
0: It's just like hearing these stories from these people, and like talking about stuff like uh, couch spots, what jersey to wear. Should I have a funeral prior for my, you know, hoodie? Like stuff like that. I'm just like that's so relatable, because I, I I definitely do that. I think, man, I've worn this jersey this amount of times and they've won. Just all this super irrational, but let's be real, it totally matters what jersey you wear.
2: Completely agree. That's why I, I wear Phillies gear, because that's the only thing that works for me, because all no. my freaking Eagles gear sucks. I'm all bad at it. I can't wear it during games. Although, i tell
0: you, you know. know who I think you should go for for a current player that I think you can get away with, and I think it would really, really compliment the Dante Stallworth, the Namdi Asimov jersey? Yes. Jason Kelsey. I'm okay. telling you, did you see him baptize Haha Clinton Dix. Couple days ago,
2: yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it was it was one of them. It was it was better than beast mode's run. It was it was it was more impressive than what beast mode did in, he dragging in Seattle.
0: Mason Foster with him, 250 pound Mason Foster, and then simultaneously destroys Clinton Dixon to the ground. Right. Who I would love to have here. He's right. crazy, I'm silly.
2: So, uh, what is your what is your game day routine out there in St. Louis? All
0: right, so if I'm at home, which 90 percent of the time it is. See, you were talking a little while ago about going to the bar and stuff and having all the the bad takes and stuff. Being in St. Louis, that's one of the great things is I don't have people giving me Eagles takes. Right. Like, it's, you know, it's really diverse here now that the Rams lot. I mean, there's quite a few Chiefs bandwagon guys now, like, an incredibly annoying amount of Patty Mahomes here running around. Which, great player right now. I love watching him, but come on. Come yeah. On. But, uh, usually at home, uh, I actually make cheese sticks here, which the hardest thing to get that you can't get here in St. Louis is the bread. Yeah, you know, Definitely. You can work on the steak. You can get cheese whiz, obviously, or provolone. You can do all that, onion kind of guy. But just getting the bread. So it's uh,
2: yeah. You can't get the roll. Like the rolls here, the Licio's rolls. It's yeah. it's yeah. It's game over. Did you when you came here? Did you get a cheesesteak? Of course. And where would you where did you, you go?
0: Um, Tony Luke's was like initially. I did all the other ones, like you know, Pats and Geno's. Yeah. When I was there for the NFC Championship, we stayed. Me and my dad went. We stayed like. um somewhere in south philly like right off like within walking distance so we went to those two places and then gyms
2: did you like what was your favorite one
0: i don't know like i mean it's it's between all the i I wanted to try more niche ones but yeah i i didn't really have the time because we went up there just for a couple days I'd, i'd say pats just i like I like the the bread to cheese to meat ratio. So you didn't did like not,
2: You did mean, not go to Woodrow's. That's that's the the main that's problem the place
0: here. I gotta go, huh?
2: Yeah, apparently that's what everyone said. I like it. Woodrow. It's it's really good. It's really good. I mean, Got gotcha, you, gotcha. I do. Okay. I do it like it. So what was like? What was the run like last year in St. Louis? Like being in St. Louis, they go on their run. Were you so? Were you crazy? I went
0: to the Chiefs. I went to the Chiefs game, which is game two, right? And that was the 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 last loss I had for you know ten games or whatever it was, and it was just. It was wild, and then I also went to the Panthers game in Carolina. So that was that was when I knew we were legit. That was the moment. Same. Like it, just Fletcher Cox was coming back from injury. He dominated Cam Newton. Carson looked awesome. Him and Ertz hooked up a couple times. Like it was, it was good. It was it was really good. And that's when I knew. So every week it was just like I don't even know what to do. Like my dad was laughing. He's just like, you don't even know what to do right now because usually there's a loud torrent of screaming. There's you know, every time we go watch the game or whatever, it's, you know, it's not pretty. But <laughs> it was just so calm. Is your dad in on the disease, or is he? <sighs> he's, so he's from Indiana, where, and when he grew up there, there was no football. Yeah. So he has, like, very little interest in football. But after all these games that I threw him around, too, I, like, he's, <laughs> disease isn't the proper word for him. He's, like, uh, like contact disease, I guess.
2: Yeah. I don't know. But does he understand it? Like does he? Oh, he gets it. He yeah. Gets it. You know, my parents—they—they—they they, they try to understand it, but they don't. They don't. They still get mad if I say the f. Like when I used to live at home, they still get mad when I said fuck or something or yeah. any kind of emotion. It was like,
0: come on, mom, let me live,
2: and that's why she's banned <laughs> from the trust tree. She's not allowed.
0: I, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, oh. like I'll have him over at the place, and he'll just be like, "Oh, so is the game, about ready to go." And I'm like, "Yeah," and he goes, "Am I saying?" I'm like, "If you want, <laughs> it's." I don't know. There's been quite a few remotes that get destroyed. Yeah. Well, or,
2: it's 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 part of the it's part of the season. I mean, it really is. And now we're kind of getting back to the anger level. Like I gave them a grace period after the Super Bowl, but now it's now it's fucking showtime. I'm sick. Oh, yeah. I'm sick and tired of acting like you know happy being six and six. But
0: it's, and yeah, that's one thing. Like I remember you know I was at the Titans game and I remember this one guy being like, "Oh yeah, you know the Titans beat us." And The guy goes, "Yeah, well we won the Super Bowl." And I'm like, "That's not a retort." Yep. Like just that's that's lame like i hated when patriots fans would do that or when cowboys fans would do that just the whole like oh well we won it last year that doesn't matter
2: something like, that <laughs> something that frauds do and they also bring mm-hmm. up that tom brady dropped it that's it's what they it's what they all do they don't have anything else to go to should it's i lame. should i break out the carson Wentz chub meter and the big balls doug scale or should i keep it so keep i saw it... that
0: poll yes and it was i don't know man like the play calling was infinitely better and really, there was just a few execution things that prevented this game from being like 40 points. Yep, you know, so it was one of those things. Like, I want to see it, but you know what? I think you're going to have to break it out on Monday after the Eagles destroy the Cowboys. I have I have a premonition of this happening, and if they lose, it's all on me. And I, you know, I welcome all the hate, but yeah. it's just not going to happen because, again, premonition.
2: I got a good feeling too. I really do. I really do. I, although, like, I'm starting to get worried that, like, if we're going in the trust tree for a second, I am yep. worried that the Cowboys are, like, finding that confidence level that, and they're starting to just believe in themselves. I don't like right. when teams start to believe
0: in themselves. No. You want that doubt. Like, you want Dak Prescott waking up on Sunday going, Ezekiel's here, but do I have enough for me? Like, Cooper's here now. Do, like, can I do it? Like you, like, you want that. And I really think Dak wakes up every day like that. Yeah, I, really
2: I, I still think he stinks. I don't. I don't. I don't care. Oh, about I'm, I'm not a not a Prescott guy. All
0: right, now, Zeke Elliott's from St. Louis area. here. He went to John Burroughs, so I've seen him play. Oof.
2: Yeah, oof. I, I I wouldn't have fun tackling Zeke uh, Zeke in high school. I would I would yeah, say I that. I would I want to stay out of the ways. But here's the thing: is that the Eagles have won two straight. If they mm-hmm. win if they win on on Sunday, it's mm-hmm. three straight. I gotta bring out the big balls, Doug Beener. but I don't want to I don't want to bring it out prematurely because they're two and zero. Oh. In, in game I, and since I put it away and took it away from them. So
0: as you know with no hitters, you don't talk about it till you got it until you're done. You know, that's always the, the stigma, which I feel like you bring it out now, it's like talking about the fact that you got this streak going. I think this can manifest itself and really like have a ton of momentum going into the playoffs.
2: I yeah. really do. Yeah, and counterpoint's gotta find its momentum. Like you know, we need to start getting back on a roll. What's the line saying some way off? Uh, I had to put away the big balls, Doug Meter, the Carson Wentz Chub Meter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Counterpoint's got to get start, start to get on a roll. So um, let's get to the Counterpoint Mailbag. Tyler's going to join me for this one, so you are going to get both the uh, the recommendations from two people in the trust tree. So this, these people are paying good money for this for this uh, for this mailbag from Michael Diaz. Uh, on the most recent CP mailbag a listener suggested that Carson has been playing well because he's lost the fire of celibacy which is, has to be about sex um, mm-hmm. he had last season before he before getting married while this may be true if we are in the trust tree why don't we <laughs> look at Jack and the CP pod uh, the CP pod was rolling last season the Carson Wentz chub meter Howie strokes big balls dug what's the line saying opposing teams roast all of it this season all down the drain coincidentally in line with Jack's wedding at the same location at, as the Wentz nuptial. The latest episode, number 59, wasn't even named after Seth Joyner. It was about 20 minutes long, and we were subjected to five minutes of Jack suggesting quite blasphemously blasphemously, that we should celebrate Thanksgiving with ham instead of turkey. Jack has no idea what the line is saying anymore. How dare dare Jack take issue with Carson at all when his own performance has... Even been more disastrous. Is it time for the Counterpoint Podcast to make a change? Uh, maybe it's time for Jill to start withholding marital relations until Jack gets back on tracks. This has been Oof. a forgettable Counterpoint Podcast season for all of us in the trust tree. Wow,
0: <laughs>
1: loaded, dude.
2: Jesus wow. Christ, holy shit!
1: Yeah,
0: they just went headhunting early.
2: Yeah, I mean Philly Mike, he likes ripping me. He, I think he wakes up every day trying to think of how he can rip me, and that's what he's going to do.
0: I mean, there was some points being made there. Like, if I'm honest, like, yeah. Now, I think some of the punishment, does it fit the crime? Ah, come on. Come
2: on now. No, nah, yeah, yeah, I Listen, I, I've been out of sports this season, but here's the thing is that CounterPoint in and of itself is a cocky podcast, and the Eagles Definitely. being bad has taken away my cockiness. So it's on the team. I can't be cocky about a bad football team. Now they're starting to get rolling a little bit. Maybe CounterPoint gets rolling a little bit. I don't, I don't, I don't know.
0: Um, you're, not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong.
2: I'm not wrong. From Tom DeSauro. Hi, Jack. I'm sure you you will discuss the putrid Monday Night Football broadcast ad nauseam, um, but I would like to pile on. It seemed like the NFL told ESPN they had to condemn Hunt and Foster for the first half of the fourth quarter, no matter what's going on in the game, to try to salvage their current PR issue. Then they go on to showcase that there are still great players in the league, like Adrian Peterson with his cleats. I think we should have, I think we should have spread videos of Booger discussing uh, how against White Peters he is while Nate Gary makes a crucial interception all over social media. The NFL obviously won't react to these wrongdoings until the internet goes crazy, and they look, bad maybe then roger will put the monday night football crew on the on his exempt list yeah the monday night football crew like it was embarrassing between the between the jason witten freaking jerk off fest and and the the 30 the 20 minute like domestic violence thing which was great but it was like in the middle of, of the entire game nate gary makes the biggest pick of the game and then meanwhile it's booker McFarlane talking about domestic violence it was just like what are you guys trying to do like it was
0: Jack. Derek, that was Nick Gary's biggest play of his life. Right? right. Like, right there. That was it. I didn't even
2: know Nick Gary was still on the team. <laughs> just kidding.
0: Uh, it just, it, like, Booger, like, if you're on the sidelines, you know not to start a tangent. In the middle of a hike, like, you can hear Sanchez hiking the ball, and he's still going on, and he just keeps going. You hear the crowd roaring behind, every like, the, the announcement. And you can hear all that. And poor Nick Gary. You know, he, he just can't, fell victim to that and then Witten. My God. Yeah. I hear a barbecue sauce cheese whiz comparison again.
2: Ugh. Yeah, I mean, poor Nate Gary can't even put that on, like, his uh, tombstone one day. <laughs> no. Like, it's just... It's just... It's, his his pick has to be... They gotta turn the, the volume down and just play it. There's no... <laughs> there's no Nate Gary with the interception. It's... No. Poor Nate. Only, only moment of his life he's ever done anything good. and. Mm it gets torn apart really All
0: right. overshadowed.
2: from Andres Gonzalez hey Jack have you noticed that most of the NFL games have an ex-cowboy as an analyst as a diseased Eagles fan from Mexico I always have had the opinion to listen to NFL games in either English or Spanish and I've always tried to listen to the games in English since the Mexican analysts don't know shit and always have terrible takes I've never had trouble listening to Tony Romo or Troy Aikman but listening to Monday Night Football with Jason Witten and his biased ass is really intolerable so this season I've ended up listening to Monday Night Football games in Spanish even though the also suck to avoid listening to Witten. I don't have any questions, so he just had a statement. He had a lot that he had to get out on his chest. I mean, being an NFL fan from Mexico, and, and having like having to listen to the NFL analyst from Mexico, ah, I think I'd rather listen to to like American football broadcasters. But then you got to get subjected to Jason Witten, who hmm. acts like he's never been on camera before. It's <laughs> it's a it's a it's a tough decision. I would stick with the Mexican one though.
0: Absolutely. Like I remember last year that Jake Elliott field goal against the Giants. They had the Mexican replay, you know, going all over Twitter. That was awesome.
2: Yeah, Ricky Ricardo
0: of WIP. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It was awesome. I would totally listen to that. Yeah. Over, you know, Witten go on about how him and Zach Ertz, you know, he watches film of Zach Ertz when he was playing. Yeah. Come on, it, Witten. Come it was, on, man.
2: It was embarrassing. And, and again, with the barbecue and cheese whiz, I, it was Ugh. just relax. From uh, Nick Miller on Twitter, has Jack Fritz become a bandwagon fan? I'll let you answer that one. Oof.
0: Man, how can, how can I even say that? That seems so. Yeah, that's egregious, man. I,
2: I agree. Come on, man.
0: Come like, on, I don't know if you can hand out bans like that that quickly, but that's close.
2: Yeah, you know, he tries to act like he's the counterpoint producer, and for him to come out and ask if I'm a bandwagon fan, it's 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 borderline getting kicked out of the trust tree worthy if I'm. It's, it's there, man. If I'm being right. honest, um, from Frank Fockman. Um, who do you have more faith in making midseason and off-season moves, Howie or Philly's GM Matt Klentak? Oh, well, that's, that's going
0: to be up to you. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, you not familiar with Klentak, so well, it's gonna be on you.
2: If Howie, well, Howie is temporarily—he's not in the holy triumvirate anymore because he's not doing mm-hmm. enough—and uh, very disappointed that he not did not trade Nick Foles this off season. So Ugh. he is still he is still banned from Counterpoint because he did not trade Nick Foles. Um, yeah. So I will say Clensack at the moment until Howie, until I get over him not trading Nick Foles.
0: I will I will I like say Clensack. I like that Gene Segura pickup though. That was, that was yeah, nice. I'm very excited about Gene Segura. That was solid, good good solid work, and then avoiding a. Uh, uh, Corbin nice
2: six years yeah six years 140 is just uh, is, I, I didn't get it at all it didn't make any sense to me because uh, I don't want to get fully into it because this is an <laughs> eagles podcast but right on, right I'm on. very glad they did not do that um from Ben Lyons are the Eagles ever gonna lose again
0: mm, I don't I don't know like the rams game looms there like I still think there's an there's an outside chance they can win that game hey, I know that's you know very unpopular a lot of people are looking at the Texans like maybe they can win that once at home but you know, it's not like the L.A. Rams fan of, you know, a home field advantage. Nope. Like, and I think it'll be another 50-50 spread. Now, granted, the Eagles aren't on the roll that they were last year when they went into December, but I would counter with, I think Carson's ligament's going to hold up better than it did last year in that game.
2: I mean, if they don't, just, I, I, don't, I don't know what I would do. I know. You don't think
0: Foles is going to go on another run, then? No, I need, I do <laughs> not want to see it. I need to he's see just, Carson. He stretches do. up early, he's like, all don't right, care. No, nope.
2: I'm not doing it anymore. I need I need Carson to reclaim his throne, even though he's already yeah. reclaimed his throne for me. So,
0: if there's another, you know, is Nick Foles better off being the starter over Wentz? I just I'm gonna lose it. That was something I heard all off season, and I just I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Ugh.
2: Um. From West Champlin, you have an injury. You can only choose between the Sixers and the Eagles medical staff to treat and rehab it. Who you got now? I don't think these Sixers have done anything too wrong. It's kind of just that L. Foltz is a mental midget. Uh, I have
0: something very interesting about L. Foltz, by the way. The, the report is now that he has tra- thoracic outlet syndrome,
2: correct? Yeah, yeah.
0: So get this. I work at Barnes-Jewish Hospital, which is here in St. Louis, largest hospital, and I work on the floor that treats thoracic outlet syndrome. The surgeon who does it, his name is Robert Thompson. He's like one of the best. He worked on Matt Harvey. He worked on, whereas Familia, like all these you know, big names have had it, and so when I heard that, I'm like, "Oh, what if I'm gonna walk into work here? I work tonight. I'm gonna see Mark Foltz there." But I think they, from what I read, it sounds like they're one to go through rehab and stuff. They haven't decided quite on surgery.
2: So the doctor in your in in your hospital was the one that made up the the excuse that he has thoracic whatever syndrome <laughs> because it's not true because he has he has the yips.
0: Well, and, if they're not going straight to surgery, it makes me think that it's 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 more likely it's not fully blown to where they need need to do that because. It's for him it would be probably a venous thoracic outlet as opposed to neurogenic. There's there's two different words or two different kinds of surgery, but it's pretty simple. It takes like four days if nothing goes wrong, but they're in the hospital and then they're out rehabbing. I mean Harvey came back I think three, four months. Yeah. I mean he was he was kinda of meh. Coming out of the release, then he looked a little better towards the end of the year.
2: Yeah, I just, I still think I think it's bullshit. I think he has the (laughs) yips.
0: I think it's ridiculous. Just get there. I saw that and I was like, oh no way.
2: Well, if you see him there or you talk to the doctor, ask him if it's yips or if it's he actually has this this injury. Please,
0: we'll see if he's there. I'll be, you know, obviously HIPAA wise can't really say too much on that. I mean, it's one of those things like it's all public knowledge for most of these sports players, so get a little leeway. But for the most, you know. I like my job, so. <laughs> All
2: right, final one from Sean Ward. Hey, Jack, I feel like I finally found a spot in the last game, and that's why I won. Unfortunately, I moved out the following day. Do I have to break into my old house to watch Eagles games, or should I just try to find a new spot in my new house?
0: I mean, you want to hold, put the whole, like, pass through bowl thing to rest and find a new spot, new year. That's when you can try new things. But, man, the way that they started out, unless he's broken in the last couple of weeks, I don't know, are the people nice? Like, would they let you just come watch the game?
2: Yeah, but then you got to factor in the diseaseness, and you know he's not calm during games. So Hmm. I don't know if the people want that around their family,
0: children. Alternate, he infects them, and then bam, more disease. Nah, that could work.
2: That could work. Uh, Sean, I would recommend uh, not breaking and entering. (laughs) Uh, But if they lose to the Cowboys, get your ass back in that house because it's time to go on a run. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for the CounterPoint Mailbag. Tyler Bean, thanks for joining me, man. Congratulations on uh, winning the prestigious uh, survivor pool. Um, And hopefully you enjoy a nice little playoff run here.
0: Hey, you know, Jack, I hope we all enjoy that. And thank you so much for having me on, you know, listening to all my dumb takes and stuff. So that was great. And, uh, you know, just, it's been a real pleasure.
2: Uh, of course. All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Thank you. And that's going to do it for the 60th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Shout out to Prince Blue for joining me. And also, Tyler Bean, congratulations for, to winning the uh, Survivor Pool. Hopefully we can do it again next year if the Counterpoint Podcast. Still around. You never know if the Counterpoint Podcast is going to just immediately get cut off. You never, It feels like the power is to be. We just want to end the Counterpoint Podcast. I'm just kidding. They don't want to do that at all. Uh, and again, don't be afraid of the Cowboys. I'm not going to do a What's the Line saying because I have been fucking terrible at this year. So uh, until next week, uh, see you.